on today's show, the Dallas Mavericks get a win in Daniel Gafford and PJ Washington's debut. What did we see from the new duo? And was this Mavericks win against OKC one of the best of the season? We'll talk about that and more. The league may have messed up. On today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Lentich, and this is Lockdown Mavericks. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, where we let it ride. Let it ride for the two new guys. Oh, man. Thanks for being a part of the show and making Lockdown Maps your first listen today. Where the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day, leave a five-star review, and comment anything below. Let me know what you saw from Daniel Gafford and P.J. Washington in their first games as Dallas Mavericks. Curious what you guys have to say about that, what you guys think about that. Today's episode today is going to be brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockdownNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockdownNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Woo! Oh, it's a good day. Saturday, middle of the day. Went to the arena at 10 a.m. Left at like four or like five. <laughs> the Mavericks get 146 points. Drop it right on the thunder. An amazing win for the Mavericks. These, I told you, I tried to tell you, if you subscribe to the subtext, if you want text stri- sent straight to your phone, game reviews, uh, I'll do a game like video review of all of Gafford's plays, all of PJ's plays from this one. I'll do all kinds of video review stuff. Subscribe to the subtext, click the link in the description or text the number in the description as well. You can sign up for a 14-day free trial if you want to try it. I told all the subtext people, the subscribers, that these games are weird. These afternoon games, the Mavericks seem to play well in them. The Thunder don't seem to play well in them. I was sitting next to Ryland Styles, Locked on Thunder host, during this game. And we were talking about it. He was like, yeah, they, they never win these games. So, But you take it. You take it as a win because it's not like the Thunder played terribly. The Mavs just offense was just cooking. And we'll talk about it. We'll talk about... P.J. Washington, what he can bring. We'll talk about how the Mavs got this win with Luka Yan, another 32-8-9. Just, you know, nothing to write home about for him. (laughs) We'll talk about Kyrie Irving. He didn't have to take over and didn't have to get going until the fourth quarter. And I think that's big, too. There's a reason for that. But we got to start here. We got to start here. Daniel Gafford came out in his introductory press conference and was as loose as they come. He just seems like a real chill, goofy guy. He's going to fit in really well with the Mavericks. But he is down for business. And knows exactly what his role is. Knew exactly what he was going to be coming to this team. After the game, you ask him about his, you know, he has 19 points, 9 rebounds. 4 of them on the offensive end. A block, he altered a bunch of shots too. Only played 17 minutes in his debut for the Mavs. They didn't want to play these guys too many minutes to start because they had had a wild last 24 hours getting traded and getting here in physicals and all that. And Daniel Gafford, after the one after the game, said, I'm going to say this a lot here. I'm just picking up the trash for everybody. I'm just, I'm just picking it up and putting it back down. I just need to be in the right place in the right time. 
That's what it's going to be for me. I just need to be in the right place in the right time. The Mavs have not had a center like Daniel Gafford since they got Derek Lively, but they have not had a center since either of those two in a long time. And when's the last time they had two centers like them? Oh, wait. 2011. Tyson Chandler and Brennan Haywood. That's the last time that... Was it... Oh, stop. Was it Brennan Haywood? Did I just say the wrong name? That's the last time that we saw two centers where the Mavericks... Uh, Brennan Haywood. I was right. I was right. <laughs> I, get them, I get him confused with Spencer Haywood every once in a while. The last time the Mavericks had two centers like this was then, where you could have one in and then you take one out and bring put the other one in and you don't really lose a whole lot on the court. Now, Brennan Haywood and... and Tyson Chandler were not were not as similar as Lively and Gafford are. Lively and Gafford, Gafford even mentioned it before the game at his introductory press conference and said, like, yeah, we're we're very similar players and we're just going to bring it all 48 minutes, basically. And then the Mavericks can move Maxi back to a play, you know, a five-minute stretch where we play small and he plays the five. The Mavericks thrive when they do that. But they don't want to, you don't want to rely on that. You want it as a look in a game where you need it. And so now with Gafford, I, this is what I said as soon as the trade happened, you've got 48 minutes of, of rebounding, of defense at the rim, of lobs, of all that. And, like, he's tenacious. He throws down with force. You saw it in this game. I think in this game, it was the first time this season, and maybe in a couple seasons because they, they haven't done this in a long time, I think this is the first time I've seen the seen Mavs fans at the AAC stand up for a standing ovation after a play for an offensive rebound. <laughs> Daniel Gafford grabs an offensive rebound over a bunch of players and just grabs it, gets fouled, and then everybody stands up and cheers because Daniel Gafford is screaming and like the fans really got behind him. They were they were excited and hyped for him. He also had the and one where he flies in out of nowhere, grabs the rebound over Chet, and then finishes with Chet on his back and gets the and one. And then all of a sudden, he turns around and he screams at everybody, and everybody stood up again and got excited. He just brings exactly what the Mavericks need. And he fits so well from day one against a good team. Now, the Thunder struggle with size because Chet is not the biggest human. He is a tall human. He's one of the tallest humans ever. But he is not the biggest guy. You, I could probably push him off a spot <laughs> right now. I probably have a lot of weight on him, actually. And then Jalen Williams, the the center or the big Jalen Williams, they don't want to use him very much because he has not he's not been very good this season. And they didn't go get another big. That's what a lot of people were were wondering if they should do it. And you know what's weird about that? They could have gotten Gafford. <laughs> They'd have to piece the contracts together. It would have been a little weird for them. They would have had to trade some players that they didn't really want to. But they could have got him with the first-round pick that the Mavs got from the Thunder. (laughs) That's what's kind of ironic about this whole game. The Mavs traded their 2028 pick swap, the one that we put, you know, that everybody said, oh, this is what the Mavericks actually gave up, and that's what they, you know, got. That's what they sent out for Gafford. They really sent the 2028 pick swap to the Thunder, and then the Thunder sent them their 2024 first. And so that's what the Wizards got was the 2024 first from the Thunder. So the Thunder could have just paid for Daniel Gafford and gotten him if they wanted a backup center that added great size. It would have been weird. They already did the Gordon Hayward thing, so their contracts were, they didn't have enough of like loose contracts, loose contracts, extra contracts to just throw to try and make up for what 
for what Gafford's making. Like to, to put to piece together 12 million would have been a little hard for them. You would have had to trade somebody you didn't want to. And so they didn't do it. And maybe there's other reasons why they didn't do it. But the Mavs get get, get Daniel Gafford. It's a, it was amazing to watch him. Thinking about him and Lively, like uh, the tandem of them going back and forth. Honestly, can I, is this a safe place? Can I, is this, can, I think Daniel Gafford's going to give Lively a run for his money in the starting and closing lineups. And that's fine. Lively has had no competition, really, <laughs> with the Mavericks. Maxi has not really been competition. Dwight is obviously not competition. Rashawn Holmes is not competition. Bismack Biombo apparently wasn't. The Thunder signed him, so that's their answer to a backup center. But I think Daniel Gafford's going to be that good. Am I overreacting after one game? Yeah, probably a little. <laughs> but we knew that he was going to bring these things. Like, everything that we saw in this game, maybe not to the level and to the effect, because he was playing against small ball a couple times with the Thunder. So, he's not going to score 19-9 and nine every game. But everything we saw him do, the lobs he caught from Luka, those are going to be there. Those are going to be there always. The full-court pass he caught from Luka... What's funny about the full court pass, it's one of the first plays that he gets. He catches a lob from Luka on one end, and then they get a stop on the other. Luka gets the ball, kicks it all the way out to Gafford, who's like, has to rise up like a wide receiver in football and catches it, turns around and dunks. Just a huge, great play. And trust from, from Luka to throw it all the way across and to trust that Gafford will get there. The funny part about that is Gafford told us in his introductory press conference, he said, I played one, I only played one year of football. I can't remember who asked the question to, to get to here. He said, I only played one year of football because I couldn't catch. And he said he had some Arkansas saying that I, I couldn't catch a barn, you know, or so, something like that. It was like something different. And he's like, because I couldn't catch it all. And so he just stayed. And then he made one of the best catches of the night when he, when he rose up with a, I don't know, another player on him and, and caught the ball. Daniel Gaffer was awesome. He's a revelation. He's a game changer because adding him to Lively gives the Mavericks two centers they desperately needed for a decade. They have not had a single center like either Lively or Gafford for a decade. Think about that. Tyson Chandler in 2014 was the last time they had a center like this. Yeah, that's where they are. Coming up, let's talk about P.J. Washington. Let's talk about how the Mavericks actually got this win too. I think there's a lot of things we can get into about that and coming up. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. When I have to hire, I know that I wish that I could just have a list of candidates right in front of me. It's not just another job board. They have a vast network of over a billion, with a B, billion professionals. A, bi a billion? LinkedIn, I don't know if I believe you. Which makes it the best place to hire. Gives you access to professionals that you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Two and a half million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Two and a half million small businesses. A billion professionals. Um, like a thousand people working at all these places. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions, they do apply. Also, I want to tell you about BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a therapy service that's online, flexible, suited to your schedule. You know that you're going to get the right therapist for you because you can try one, and if you don't really vibe with that person, totally okay. They totally expect you to try a different therapist out, and you can do it at no charge at BetterHelp. Everyone has something that you need to talk about, something that's giving you anxiety, something you need to work through, some something in your past that maybe you're always kind of like thinking about. 
but you're like, oh, I'm over that, you might not be. I go to therapy, I continue to go to therapy, and I really recommend it to everybody. And if you haven't, if you don't have an act an outlet to it, therapy is different for everyone and you can get it with better help. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible, suited to your schedule. Visit betterhelp.com slash lockdown NBA to get 10% off your first month. Betterhelp.com slash lockdown NBA. Oh, thanks everybody for hanging out with Lockdown Mavs, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad, listening every day. Appreciate each and every one of you that I saw at the game today. Thanks for uh, coming up and <laughs> screaming Raccoon Squad in my face. I, I appreciate that. Uh, all right, Isaac, let's get into this game from P.J. Washington's standpoint because he was the other one that made his debut. We talked about Daniel Gafford, but P.J. Washington is going to be very important. And like, he might be more important than, than Daniel Gafford because P.J. Washington's going to close. He's, gonna cl- he's probably going to end up starting and he's going to close games for the Mavericks. And the Mavs are going to need him. Gafford may not always close. He may not start. The Mavs do need him, and he's going to add a lot to the team. But P.J. Washington is going to close, and he's going to be a big deal for the Mavericks. The biggest thing, the best thing I saw from P.J. Washington, one, moving his feet on defense, he's got it. Staying in front of Shea, staying with him, staying with Jalen Williams. He's, he's got it defensively, and you can tell just... Looking at him and hearing him at his introductory press conference, he's got like a fire inside of him. Gafford was like so loose and goofy and like excited and happy to be with the Mavericks. PJ Washington was like locked in. I want to win. I'm so tired of playing on these teams like the Hornets (laughs) where it's all fun and games and we're not trying to win for stuff and everybody's just trying to get their own shot and looking at their own stat. I'm tired of that. And that's what I heard from PJ Washington. Now he said it with his eyes and he said it with his tone. He didn't necessarily he didn't say those words, so don't quote him on that, but you could just tell that he's ready to take that step and he loves being in Dallas because he grew up here. He was here from 1st grade to 10th grade. He said one of his one of his teams that he played for growing up, like his AAU or travel team or something, they had a sponsor who had <laughs> season tickets to the Mavs right next to the Maniacs. And he specifically mentioned the Maniacs and like that he remembers them and has fond memories of going to Mavs games. But he was very excited about being here. He's going to get open threes. He's going to have to hit those, knock those down. That's going to be something to watch. Coming in, he's not as guaranteed of a shooter as Grant Williams was. And we saw how Grant Williams went. It started really well and it didn't, didn't end that well. But PJ Washington's going to get wide open threes like he hasn't before. And I think that I think that his shot will come around. He went one of four from three tonight, but you you can tell the shot is not, like is good. There's nothing wrong with it. It looks good. You can tell he's confident in his shooting, and that's gonna that's gonna come around. I believe it's very important for it for it to come around though, because if he's gonna start next to Josh or Derek Jones Jr. or Exum, like whoever they decide to start eventually, like that he's got to be a above average shooter <laughs> at that spot because. They've got to get enough shooting from those two wing players. So his defense, his spot-up shooting will come around. The other best thing I saw from him was his attacking closeouts. If he is treated as a shooter, defenders will run up to him to try and contest his shots. And he did this two or three times in this game where he puts the ball on the floor, drives, and then finished with a floater. What? A Mavs role player. Attacked a closeout and finished with a floater at the rim? Three times in this game, P.J. Washington did that. Huge. Like, that's just such a big development. And that's, honestly, that, his ability to move his feet, his wingspan, his dependability and all that is why he's the upgrade over Grant Williams. You already saw it in this game. He didn't give you a ton production-wise, 
14 points, five boards, one assist, a steal. He was a plus 24. He went to the free throw line once. Like he didn't give you a ton of production. He's not, he's not going to. You don't, you're not expecting him to average 25 a game. You're not expecting him to average 10 rebounds a game. He's got to fill in and he's got to take advantage of some of the opportunities given to him when Luka and Kyrie get double teamed, when they get extra attention on them. I think P.J. Washington's so important for this team. He fits really well, too. You can just tell that he fits with this team already, and I'm excited for him. Wasn't as as loud and as bold of a debut as Daniel Gafford. Daniel Gafford was just like, oh, my gosh, the Mavs finally have this center, and they were playing against a team that played really small. But P.J. Washington did, did really good things in this game, and I'm very excited to see how he fits going forward. And slotting him into that starting spot is going to make D- Derek Jones Jr. coming off the bench look much better for the Mavericks. Josh Green not having to guard those bigger wings as often. That's going to be great for him. Like It's just going to put everybody into their place a little bit better. Now the Mavs, ha- and now with P.J. Washington, you have a guy that can score 20 on any given night. Any given night, he could go out and score 20. He could hit a bunch of threes. He could attack closeouts. He could be available. Like he, he had a cut and he dunked on a play in this one because he was taking advantage of good ball movement from the Mavericks, which is wild that it happened. Like a really great ball movement play happened the first night of these guys playing together. But with P.J. Washington, Tim Hardaway Jr., maybe Josh Green, Derek Jones Jr., maybe Jaden Hardy. Like you all of a sudden have a bunch of, I guess Gafford and Lively both count for this too. You all of a sudden have guys that can score 20 on a given night. And you really need that. And that's what you need in today's NBA. Man, loved what I saw from P.J. Washington. It's, I think it's only going to get better for him. The Gafford stuff, I, I don't know that it gets better than this because, man, he, he was so good. I hope, I hope it continues to be as good as this. How about I put it that way? Those debuts were awesome. You love to see it. You love to see what those guys bring to the table. The Mavs got this win, though, because they scored 47 points in the first quarter, a Mavs franchise record, and they did it by only taking seven threes. That is why they took 10 threes in the second quarter, they took 11 in the third quarter, and they took 10 in the fourth quarter. The the quarter that they scored the most points in, they took the least amount of threes. Who is this team? Well, this team is different because now they have options. And now they don't have to just rely on the three or nothing because they're always going to have a lob verticality threat at the rim between Lively and Gafford. Gafford was massive in that first quarter. He only played five minutes, but he had eight points. He had two rebounds and he was just always an option down, down the court. And you just love to see that he was, he had gravity with his rolling. You also have guys that can, you know, like Luca's gonna have some spacing, and Luke, with with that verticality, Luke, like you can't leave Gafford to go and double Luca because the lob is right there, and Gafford can catch it from anywhere. That, so that's huge part part of that, and they're gonna have Lively back soon, and Gafford and Lively together not playing at the same time. They're not gonna do that. I've seen several people ask me if those two can play together. They cannot. It's not gonna happen. It'll never happen. But with both of those guys on the court at any time. You're always going to have that kind of a verticality threat. That's awesome. They need that. Then all of a sudden you have, you know, then you still have, you still have the three-point shooters. You got Tim Hardaway. You got Josh Green. P.J. Washington fits in as one. Uh, Kyrie or Luka, depending on who has the ball and who doesn't. Jaden Hardy. You've still got those shooters, obviously, that you still had before. But now I think you have a couple more cutters than what you had before. You've got 
you know, Josh is a good cutter. Derek Jones Jr. is a good cutter. P.J. Washington, good cutter. Now you have three of those guys. Now all of a sudden, and Kyrie is actually a good cutter too. You've got those guys that Luka can find that will find their way into the paint somewhere where the team is all worried about the pick and roll with Luka and Gafford or Luka and Lively. And then all of a sudden they, you know, Josh or Derek Jones Jr. or P.J. Washington cut behind them and all of a sudden they get right there at the rim. You've got so many options. And then you've got Luka and Kyrie that can just make their own shot whenever. You've got all four of those things where you can hit at certain levels. And now you've got a couple guys that can attack closeouts too. So it's not just them as shooters and them as cutters. It's them as attackers. Josh Green can attack a closeout. Derek Jones Jr. can attack a closeout. P.J. Washington can attack a closeout. Obviously, Luka and Kyrie can both attack closeouts. Maxi has actually attacked closeouts this season. All of a sudden, this Mavericks team has added some more. Just by adding these two players <laughs> in a game like this, all of a sudden, their offense just looks more versatile. You've got more options because you've got more guys that are that you always have somebody on the floor. There's there's not as many one-dimensional players as they'd had before. I would say Tim is kind of still one-dimensional. Dwight is definitely still one-dimensional. He didn't even play until uh he didn't even play until garbage time in this one. The Dwight Powell minutes are done. Goggles Dwight, he's he's out. Unless unless Lively or Gafford are out. And even then, Dwight didn't play in any meaningful minutes tonight. <laughs> The Dwight Powell minutes are done. I'm sorry. We may have to end the, the Canadian tourism segment with slightly on post games. But just by adding these two players, the Mavs add a ton of versatile, versatility? versatility to their offense. I think their defense is going to get better. It's going to take a minute for it. But I didn't think their defense was that bad. It was good in the second half. To, help, to hold the Thunder to 20, under 30 points is, I think, a win for, for this Mavs team. Man, a really great win for the Mavs overall. There was some... You know, some wild things. Luca in the first quarter had a and one where he jumped up at the rim, spun, did like a 180, and his back was turned to the basket, flipped the ball up over his head. He couldn't even see the basket, just flipped it up over his head. It went in off the bank, got the and one. An insane play from Luca, and he just looked like he was having fun. And you know what? I should have mentioned this about Daniel Gafford. Luca loves Daniel Gafford. Loves him. What did he say after the trade? This is the type of backup center that I've been wanting on this team for three years. Go look it up. Go watch his post. Was it the post-Knicks game? Presser. He said, this is the type of backup center I've been asking for for three years. Or I've been wanting for three years. If you're Dwight Powell, you feel some kind of way about that, about that statement. But he's right. This is the type of center he's wanted. I asked Gafford about that after the game. I said, what is it like to have Lucas say that about you? And as soon as I said the type of backup center that he's wanted for three years, his Gafford's face like lit up because he knew exactly what I was referencing. And he said, you know what? If a guy like that, that's an insane, like, you know, one of the best players in the world says that about a guy like me, that's an amazing feeling. That's humility right there too. Gafford knows exactly his role. He's not trying to be more than his role. How many bigs have the Mavericks brought in that want to play more than what their role is? Chop wood, carry water. Chop wood, carry water. That's Kyrie's saying. But it goes it goes for these Mavs role players. They all know what their roles are. They're filling in. You love it. You love to see it. 
Luca loves Daniel Gafford. And throughout the game, Luca was cheering on Daniel. When everybody stood up for that offensive rebound that I mentioned earlier, who was the the one clapping on the court and like excited and cheer and like excited and happy that the Mavs, Mavs fans acknowledged his offensive rebound? Luka Doncic. Watch that play. Gafford gets the offensive rebound. Everybody stands up and Luka is clapping and like looking around, looking around at all the, the stands and the crowd and like, yeah, everybody be excited about this. This is great. He's very happy. He likes this. He likes what he likes what the Mavericks added. And that's why you give up draft picks. Who cares? <laughs> You've got to go in now. And these guys are both 25. The Mavs could have these guys on the team for another like five years, six, six years. I've already seen some people on Twitter say that they wish Gavard would be like Gavard's got to be a Mavs a Maverick for life. <laughs> we did that with Din, we did that with Dorian Finney-Smith. I'll never I'll never declare that again. Just hurts too much. Great, great win, especially against this OKC team. They were all pretty much healthy. They don't have Gordon Hayward, but they haven't had Gordon Hayward the whole year. This is a great win for the Mavericks. SGA twenty five points, but. He's averaging like 30-something a game, so they held him. Only took 16 shots. He was 9-16. Only went to the free-throw line eight times, which is an only because he goes to the free-throw line a lot. They contained him. He was a minus 31. Josh Giddy is awful. <laughs> Chet only played 22 minutes in this game. Right? Yeah, 22 minutes. He had four fouls, but he had 13, he had 13 points, 12 boards. And the Thunder went small. And the Mavs can take advantage of teams that play small against them now. The Mavs have centers. Center is going to be a strength. Get that, get that into your Mavs fan skull. It's going to be a strength for them. That's going to be a wild thing to think about. All of a sudden, we're going to be like, man, this Mavs team is huge. Because they've got Lively. And then Gafford keeps, keeps coming. And then Maxi is going to play the four. P.J. Washington, 7-2 wingspan, playing the four. And Peach can play the three sometimes. They played three with Maxi at the four and Gafford or Lively at the five. You can play that if you want. If you need to get even bigger. Then throw Luca out there, Derek Jones Jr. Like that can be a lineup. Luca, Derek Jones Jr., uh, PJ Washington, Maxi, and a center. You could do that. Did I name six players? No, I named five, right? <laughs> yeah, you can do that. And and that's a huge line. Everybody over six six. Honestly, the only players. Under, yeah, the, the, it's it, they're just great moves. The only player under 6'5 that actually plays is Kyrie anyway. Now that Seth Curry is, is out. And now the Mavericks have gotten a little bit bigger at each position. They seem like a more complete team. I'm curious to see what it looks like with Lively. And I think the Mavericks have, I think they've got something here. If they can stay healthy, I think all of a sudden this team gets very dangerous. And I think this team can all of a sudden start to climb the standings in the last half of the year. Next two games, they have the Wizards on Monday and the Spurs on Wednesday. Those should be wins. The Wizards don't have any bigs anymore. <laughs> and Gafford is going to go at them. <laughs> Luka, is gonna, Luka and Gafford are going to destroy the Wizards. And then the Spurs with Wembenyama. I hope Lively is back by then, and I hope he outplays them again because that was fun. And then you have the All-Star break. And so if the Mavs get two more wins going into the All-Star break, all of a sudden... You're on a six-game win streak going into the All-Star break. You got your two guys that you've got to figure out. And then you come back against the Suns Thursday the 22nd. I'm excited about that one. That's, that's going to be a fun game coming back. Everybody's going to be ready to go, rested. I'm excited. There you go. Let me know in the comment section what stood out to you 
about this game with Gafford and PJ Washington. What'd you think about them? I'll be back tomorrow with Reggie as well, talking about this team, what we saw. I was sitting next to Reggie as well, talking about this team the whole time. So we'll be back tomorrow with that. And then the Wizards game on Monday. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom.